What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Stories from the Foul Line. I know, I know, I know. It sounds different. If you're new or you're not new and you hear this new name, just so you know, this is NBA Stories. We're still NBA Stories, but we have changed and we have rebranded because we are now officially sponsored by FromTheStadium.com. My name is Nick Nassaby. I'm joined by my co-hosts, and I'll go into this in a second. First up, Mike Candelora, back and beautiful. How you doing, Mike? I'm fantastic. Ready to talk about some NBA basketball, break down some things, doing what I love. Let's get the shindig on the road. Mike's got a new mic. Doesn't it sound great, everybody? It sounds fucking amazing. Love it. And, I mean, he's here pretty much every week anyway, so we figured we might as well make him a co-host. Mark DeQuilla, welcome to the team, brother. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, guys. I'm ecstatic to be on the team with you guys. And I'm also really happy about the fact that we are now a From the Stadium podcast, um, a site that I'm about to start writing for alongside both of you guys. I'm likely going to be doing a little bit more baseball talk when it comes to my writing. You guys stick to basketball, but I will definitely be on this every single week talking basketball with you guys. Um, We're going to keep it fun. Got some exciting things in store for you guys and some topics that we will definitely be covering in the future. Well, we're happy to have you. You already know that, though. Mike's actually a golf guy, just so you know. He, I don't, he, he writes about golf for some reason. Anyway. I, th- I think I but, did know that. <laughs> I, write, I like to write about everything, but golf's got my heart, and that <laughs> will always be the case. So going back, doubling back really quickly, of course, we have changed the name officially. And I told you guys changes were coming, and this is the changes we're talking about. We added the co-host and Mark, and we changed our name officially to Stories from the Foul Line. This is going to open up a whole lot of avenues for us. And what I mean by that is we're not explicitly going to be talking about the NBA. We're talking about basketball in general. I mean, we're honestly going to probably stick to it in you know in particular. But Mike's got a huge treasure trove of knowledge when it comes to college basketball as well. So we're going to be able to do that. We have a whole lot of stuff in store for you. So I'm super excited as to what's going to be happening in the future. I hope you guys are as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving a review. If you haven't yet, go ahead and hit that purple icon on your phone, the Apple podcast icon. Go there, leave a five-star review. Tell them you like what you're hearing, and uh, we'll be eternally grateful for that. Now, that's enough of that. We're talking about the NBA tonight because here's here's a thing that's going on, guys. I'm not too not too big of a fan with it. I have I Mark. I think we've been pretty fair with with Adam Silver up to this point, right? Would you say we've been like fair with him? I mean, I would say more than fair. We've literally raved about him from back when the bubble occurred and when we were talking about the pandemic every single episode we were we were raving him left and right because of how bad the and god awful the other commissioners looked but i I would say things have changed i would agree with you and you know this season he i wrote an article about it we talked about it a couple weeks ago the the truth of the matter is he's not a wartime commissioner he had i mean he he made the good moves during the during the bubble to get that going but now that everything's starting to get a little bit on the back end we see a light at the end of the tunnel we're hoping that the nba comes back into full grips grips all of these issues are taking place in, in the in the league we're seeing all of this this these problems with covid protocols i mean just what was it last week with kevin durant getting yanked out of the game what twice in the middle of the fucking game because of covid protocols turns out he doesn't even have covid 
He got tested negative for a reason because he didn't have the disease, but he gets yanked out of the game three times for, for contact tracing. And those are the kind of things that will leave a bad taste in your mouth as an NBA fan watching this. And it's because there are the protocols going into the, into the game, we're, we're, they're, they're tough, first of all. Baseball figured it out somehow down the road. I mean, honestly, I think that was just luck more than anything. But now the big thing is that for some fucking reason, I mean, we know the reason. It's money. It's just because of ratings and money and everything like that. I get it. You know, do what you got to do for your business. But they're really trying to have an all-star game. And every single star and all the fans are coming out and saying, like, why? Like, first of all, I have never enjoyed an all-star game. I don't know if you guys have ever enjoyed an all-star game. I know that I haven't because, like, no one fucking cares. Like, who cares? What's the point to this? It's cool to see the stars out there. But nobody watches the all-star game for anything other than the dunk contest and the three-point shootout. I mean, am I wrong in that sentiment? I would argue that you're a little off base with that. I think the all-star game has rapidly declined in the last couple of years just due to the fact, like, of all the rule changes they've tried to implement it, of all the things they're trying to watch. I just felt like it's kind of just declined. I think the only people that really watch the All-Star game are like absolute degenerates that just love to bet the All-Star game. But yeah. And for the contest as well, just All-Star weekend and Allure itself. It used to be a great time. Like the mid-2000s when these guys took it somewhat serious and everything like that. It's just the fact at this point is that no one takes it serious. And I agree with you. I think we shouldn't have an All-Star game this year. Due to the fact that it's always a shit show, and especially with what's going on this year, I mean, God forbid one of these stars gets COVID. Like, God forbid. We're going to see a huge wipeout of all the NBA's best stars because of contact tracing and and all the other protocols that are in place. And that just isn't the most prudent decision the NBA should make during times like these. And I want to beat the play devil's advocate here for a minute. And talk about Adam Silver. I think Adam Silver, as a commissioner up until this point in this year, has done a fantastic job. I mean, the NBA a couple years ago, before he took the reins, it was slowly starting to become a little, not irrelevant, but not become as relevant as it was in the past. And he revitalized the league in a lot of big ways. Yeah, there's some things he could have done with COVID to handle better. And overall, I would say the season has been a success. Yeah, like, yeah, players have been going out of due to COVID protocols, have missed time. Like, Towns missed uh, two weeks' worth of games. Hero missed a couple games. And OKD missed a couple games. But at the same time, overall, due to the fact that they haven't had to fully, like, wipe out a slate or wipe out weeks' worth of games for teams and such, I think that this season is un- is a somewhat of a success. However, I think Adam Silver could have done better to ensure more success by going over some of the ideas that we've talked about in the, in the on this pod the last few weeks. I, I I I understand your sentiment there. I get it. First, going back to the All Star thing, I agree with you 100. percent And I think a big reason why that game has gotten so shitty is because they're all friends now. There was yeah. a time in the ba- in the past where they just didn't like each other, and that was the best part of it. It was like these guys don't they're not really friends. They're kind of forced to play together if they're in the same conference, but then they're, they're playing against the other conference and they're trying to beat the shit out of each other, which is great. They're still competitive guys. There's still a whole lot of competition going on there. It just doesn't feel the same way as it used to. And I think that's what I was trying to get at with that. Going back to Adam Silver, I totally get it. I'm not saying he, you know, that he's, I think the way that he's navigated through the super team years 
which has been very difficult if you think about it. I mean, he started he started his tenure with the Warriors on the rise, getting KD on the Warriors. You know, he can't really stop that from happening. Then he goes, and now you have now you're kind of back to all these duos, and now you know the Nets things happened, and when you know who's going to be in the finals, it kills ratings. That's not fun anymore. I mean, how long were we watching the NBA where like you know that it's going to be the it's going to be like the Cavs versus the Warriors every single year, you know? And it, it takes away from this from the allure of of the of the playoffs. And and the past 2 years we've kind of been getting away from that, which is nice, but I think that it's definitely been a journey. I just think that with the COVID protocols, the way that he's put them into play, I I believe that there had to be more initial ramifications for these guys breaking these protocols you know i understand and there's a there's a very good point to be made that there is no way to completely seal that bubble you just can't do it people have families you can't test their families you can't test their friends and you can't stop people from going into the homes when they're not playing i understand that but by the same token you know if people are in these situations where they're not being safe they're not being you know secure with with their with their decision making and all of that stuff if they're doing that stuff and they're not getting fined they're not getting you know suspended a game or two for that and they're not losing game you know game wages for it it takes away from their desire to even do it and because it is a, a it's a it's a league that's generated by stars it's a star driven league they hold a lot of the leverage there you have to take that leverage away from them if you want them to actually do what you're supposed what they're supposed to do and i just think that he could have done a better job there. I'm not saying he did a terrible job. I just I just think based on how we were, you know, raving about this guy last year, Mark and I and Logan all and everyone last year, it's just it's completely different in my sentiment about him, at least as of right now. And this all-star thing has really just like taken it to another taken it another step. Cause exactly what you're saying. LeBron, let's say LeBron James, I mean, Zach Lowe was talking to De'Aaron Fox on his pod a couple of days ago and he made he made this point. It's like Let's say LeBron goes to the game and his wife has COVID and like now contact tracing for everybody doesn't mean that anybody even has it. But even if his wife knew somebody was around, somebody was exposed. Now every star in the league has been exposed and it just shuts the league down for X amount of days. So it's like, what's the point? For what purpose do we need this? You know, you know what I'm saying, Mark? Yeah. And and for me, the big thing is and first of all, I don't even want to get started on talking about you mentioned Kevin Durant and the shit that went on with him the other night because my dumbass was watching the game at a bar and I get the news Kevin Durant is gonna play I see him checking into the game I live bet the Nets the Nets come back look like they were in control of the game then all that shit happens they take him out of the game Nets lose terrible night for me but anyways my whole thing is I don't get why they don't just do what basically every other sport has done announce an all-star team that's what it comes down to because they do need to do that. Just announce the team and don't play the game. They need to announce it because in reality, like look at every single episode we've done of this show. When we debate players and we talk about Kobe's legacy versus so-and-so, we compare all-star appearances. We do it every single episode. So yeah, it's really important that they announce the team, but it doesn't take away from the honor that you go play a meaningless game where no one plays any defense and they throw alley-oops off the backboard to each other. The NFL didn't play a Pro Bowl. The MLB definitely didn't play an All-Star game. I just don't, I I don't see the reason. And the other thing for me is when they created this schedule, they did 
all of the they took all of the these precautions for that reason to limit contact tracing they're playing two game series against teams back to back and even in some cases home and aways now people say why do you have a home on home and away where the Knicks are playing the Spurs and then they play the Spurs again on the road back to back it's not about travel in that case it's about contact tracing because if somebody gets it only those two teams are out of play I don't understand what the point is in building an entire schedule around that if you were just going to erase it all for an all-star break, just like you said. The NBA will be shut down for weeks if just one family member gets this. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's just, it, and it's bound to happen, you know? And they're, t- they're, they're sending everybody else, he says, everyone else can go, was it like a five-day break or something? Like they just can do whatever inside the, the United States in those five days, just like a traditional all-star break. So it's like, you're doing, this is normal shit. This is, this is not a normal season. You can't do normal shit. It doesn't work like that. So what are you know, what are we trying to accomplish with this? That's, that's like kind of been my whole thing about this. There's no, there's no tangible reward other than ratings and money for the NBA to get from this. So what I was thinking, and I don't know if, if you, what you guys think about this, the all-star game is dumb. We don't want the, we don't need the all-star game. Just announce the teams exactly what you're saying, Mark. But when it comes down to things like the three-point shootout or the dunk contest, these are competitions that are turn-based. So why don't they come up with an, a way to have a dunk contest and have a three-point shootout with these players competing in their own fucking arena? I love that. And just have TNT cut to the different arenas. I don't see how, why, like how that wouldn't work. And it would be—I mean, everybody would watch that shit. Everybody wants a dunk contest. Everybody fucking loves that. I watch every year dunk contest just to see what's happening. Three-point shootout, also. It's—it's it's just exciting. It's new. It's something different. And just to hear, you know, all of these guys talking, all of the commentate commentators, all of that—it's fun, you know. Of course, it takes away that there's no fans there. That's always going to take away from it. But if you have good enough commentators, it's not going to make that much of a difference. So I think that that's a, a, a legitimate way that they could get, go around having at least a skills competition as opposed to just having nothing or just doing it all and just saying, fuck it. No, I agree. I mean, I understand giving these guys a reprieve to go out and like go on a vacation and such like that with their family because the All-Star break will give them enough like, ample time to be able to like go test. Like, and if they test negative, great. If they don't, they'll have to quarantine and they'll miss minimal playing time. But overall, I, that, that idea would be golden. I, I don't know what the logistics look behind that, because there's teams that share arenas with like hockey teams and I don't know what the timing and everything would be around that, but the sentiment's there. And I think that'd be a really good idea to implement if it was possible, obviously. That'd be fun for the teams too. I mean, you can, you can have a whole thing for the, for the fans and all that stuff. I mean, and also because it's not like every team's going to have somebody in one of these competitions. If somebody is in a competition that they don't that there's a stadium that's full. You could send them somewhere else. It's just like one person per, you know? I, I, I don't know. I think that that is just, uh, it's an idea to keep these guys away from each other, but still be able to do the same thing. We've seen it. I mean, we see it every single day. When TNT has their NBA Wednesdays, whenever, whenever you see you know stuff on, on League Pass or any of that kind of stuff, they cut away to other games. It takes no time, you know? Just have a camera and they just cut away. It's fast. It'll work. 
just the same way. So, I mean, I'm just a fucking voice, you know, they'll never hear this probably, but I, I think it would work. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, but that being said, Mark, you make a very good point because I do believe that people don't care about the actual game. The game's cool in a normal season. This isn't a normal season, so it's not cool, but the teams are important. The teams are important because we want to know who's who's made the All-Star game. It does add to a legacy. It's unfair to a player to take away from their legacy by not having at least the team announced. doesn't matter if they actually play in the game, but not being named to a team just because there wasn't a team is also kind of a detriment to them as well. So I believe that these teams should be named. And as that, and as that being said, I have some locks per conference and I want to I want to hear what you guys have to say about it because I have some locks per conference and it doesn't take up the the rest of the 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 conference though so there's a couple names like up for grabs and I wanted to see what you guys have to say about it so first up let's do the east in the east my locks let me see locks Giannis and Bede Jalen Brown KD Bradley Beal Jason Tatum James Harden I think you're missing one player in your locks. Kyrie? Hey, yeah, it's got to be Kyrie Irving. And I know... Yeah, Kyrie Irving's a damn lock, man. I mean, that's not even close. You might... I'm honestly just saying it because I don't like Kyrie. Yeah, no, it's it, it's fair. <laughs> I intentionally left him off because I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> it's fair. I didn't know if you were going to go that route or the games that he missed. But I, I believe me, I don't I don't like him either. But he he's just gotta be gotta be a lock in in the East. But I mean, are we gonna go first with Sabonis is too. Sabonis is a lock. I wouldn't say he's a lock. I don't think he's a lock. I think he'll probably make it, but I don't think he's a lock. I think he, I don't I, think he's the best player on his team right now. Who do you think is Brogdon? Malcolm Brogdon. Hell yeah, Brogdon's playing out of his mind. You know, even I mean, though they're fall, even though they're falling off right now, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I just think Sabonis is kind of the the staple guy, but I think very similar to how Conley right now is in like competition in people in circles with people talking about like who's more important to the team, him or Mitchell. Like Brogdon, very similarly, is playing at a level where it's like you don't find point guards like this just anywhere. No, that's true, and Brogdon has his own bid for an All Star appearance as well, but. I think Sabonis at this point's a lock just due to the fact that I mean, he's averaging 21, five and a half assists and 11.7 rebounds, shooting 53% from the field, 38, 37% from three. I mean, that's, that's really good for a Playing team like that, even though, huh? Even though with the, even though they have a losing record, they're still a fifth seed in the East. I see that. I see him as a lock for the all-star game personally. Okay. So, okay. So then let's put, all right. So then, Here's let's add both of them then. Okay, so now we have Giannis and Bead, Jalen, KD, Beal, Tatum, Harden, Kyrie, and Sabonis. That's nine. Three more spots. Trey Young. You think so? Yeah, he's averaging twenty-seven and nine. They'll just look at I, that. I mean, it's I, 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 he definitely deserves it. I've always been high on Trey Young. I just like I feel like he's one of those guys, very similar to like Dame in the beginning of Dame's career. That's just gonna get snubbed for bullshit reasons. No, well, he's not getting snubbed. The difference was Dame was playing in the West with like great All Star play, like with good All Star point guards, and like. I mean, who who's uh, like who's um, Trey Young's competition? I mean, other than the guys he named, like fucking Fred Van Vliet. I mean, 
Van Vliet's playing pretty well. Randall. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's that, but that's my point. Like, out of all the point guards, like you probably have I guess because the coaches decide the bench, you know. So the yeah. coaches are gonna decide guys who they like to play against. Cause now so now you have to consider guys like Bam. You have to consider guys like Vooch, who's Ju- playing very well. Julius Randle, you man. know. Julius, Julius Randle, Gordon Hayward's playing playing at an all-star caliber right now. You have to consider, even though he's been out for a while, like they might even throw a bone at Jimmy Butler. I don't know. I doubt it, but nah. that's a possibility. It's a possibility. Nah. I would I would say probably I agree with you. Zach Levine. Levine. That was the name that you Zach guys Levine, are forgetting. You know? And I, I know he's definitely cooled off. And people rip people two weeks ago were saying that he wasn't deserving of an all-star because he's on a shitty team. But Colin Sexton has a case. Colin Sexton definitely has a case to be on that bench. I agree. I agree. I, I agree with that. He has a case, but I he think won't make name, it. But yeah, the names that we just said like are superior. Though. And I mean, Jeremy Grant. That I was just gonna say. There's one. He 25 a game. He won't. You know. Get so it. it's like that's wait, why wait, I say wait. these guys aren't aren't set locks because there's a lot of names out there that could get theirself in the mix. I'm not You're saying real- that Sabonis isn't gonna make it. He'll be on the team. I'm just saying that those those names that we initially listed like. There's no world where they don't make the All Star game. There's you know, no ben world that doesn't make the All Star team, man. With who? There's no world that Trey Young doesn't make the All Star game this year. That's fair. I'll give it to you. Uh, so then, he, so okay, so so now I, let's wait, let's wait, break wait. this down though. I will I will go on this pod and I will say this right now: if he doesn't make the All Star game, I will literally shave my hair off. To gotcha. a point where I have a one on all sides. Yo, write that down, Mark. Yeah. Can you write that down for me? I got it right, right. now. Trey Young's on the All Star team. We're going to live stream Mike Canalora shaving his fucking head. I will gladly do that. <laughs> that that's definitely. <laughs> all right, this man. Is, this is I'm, Yo, I'm dead ass hoping Trey Young doesn't make the All Star game. I want to do this. <laughs> this is nine that you guys think that he can't make the All Star. No, of course he can make it. I'm just saying, like, there's it always happens that there's stars who get kind of pocketed away because they're a league pass All Star. That's the problem. It happened to Carmelo for years. Carmelo missed the missed the All Star game for three consecutive years, even though he was averaging like 24, 25 a game. Bradley Beal missed the All Star game last year, averaging 30 a game. It happens. It's because who are we watching? Who are we paying attention to? The fans don't vote for people that they haven't seen. The fans haven't watched too much of Trey Young this year. I have, you have, league pass people have, but the problem is who, you know, if the coaches go into there and they don't feel and not enough of them feel impressed enough by Trey Young and what he does, as I mean they should, of course, but if they don't, then he doesn't get he doesn't get on a team and you shave your head. So, we'll see. <laughs> I, I look. I'm a man. Of my word. I gladly will. But I. It's just the fact is of his playing style. He won't. He won't be overlooked. The guy. Yeah, I don't should, think you're wrong. Huh? I don't think you're wrong. I'm just saying, like it's a possibility. Oh no, I know. But that's why I'm so confident. The guy is a literally walking highlight. And while he doesn't play a look at defense at all, I mean. I think a lot of the general public knows Trey Young just due to the fact of how like Bleacher Report, all these other big social media outlets post fo- like videos of him every night pulling up from like thirty three feet, and then they're like, "Is this guy the just the Atlanta version of Steph Curry?" Yada, yada like like sucking his dick, but still, the fact of the matter is, is that he's just such a luring player. Like Bradley Beal, like he averaged thirty a game last year, but Bradley Beal, like I know like NBA fans think he's fun to watch, and he is. 
But to the casual fan, everyone doesn't think he's that fun to watch because I was about to say I don't think he's very fun to watch at all. <laughs> no, I mean like me neither. Like personally, I think so. Like I think we can all agree like he's cool to watch because of just how efficient he is, how much of a killer he is. But well, overall, it's historic. Like, it's historic. Yeah. You get to watch a guy average over thirty. It's always good to watch. Yeah, exactly. But the fact is, like, and like people on like the social media outlets and the casual fans, they're like, ah, oh, this guy just pulls up from like either fifteen feet, he hits his open threes, and he drives the net for layups, and that's it. And that's not funny. Yeah, he He's never on like reels and shit like that. So that's why I think he got snubbed. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's impossible for Trey Young to get snubbed, but I I give it like a ninety nine point nine percent chance. I mean, you're super. You, you sounds like you think it's impossible. Anyway, so right. let's okay, so let's go. We got ten down now. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna so say we got Giannis and Bead, Jalen, KD, Beal, Tatum, Harden. Kyrie, Sabonis, Trey Young, two more spots left. Let's e- let's Who would each take go- those last two? Bam. Let's each go around and give our two. Because I think it might. Okay. I, I want to see if it varies. Okay, I'll start. I would say. See, it's tough because I feel like name brand will have a lot to do with this. What do you guys think about Ben Simmons? Yeah, I, he's picked it up of late, but he had a stretch. When Embiid was out, where it was 11 points, 11 points, 7, 10, 11. Like, he he was brutal for a small stretch. Can I ask you guys a question about this, though? Is he bet is he better off not scoring? Because I feel like they're playing better when he doesn't score that much. He's he's historically, right now, one of the... He, I forget what the percentage is, but he is passing to three-point shooting at a higher percentage than like anybody in NBA history. At the same time, though, he's got to go get his sometimes. He has to. He has to go get his sometimes to, and go to the rack. And he needs to do it for Embiid's sake, too. Yeah, I'll add to that point. I think that while the Sixers have been winning, it's great. I think ultimately it's kind of concerning Ben Simmons hasn't really scored with a true force that we've seen that he's capable at times because <laughs> – the only thing that circles about with the Sixers team is how are they going to fare in the playoffs? Because they have a non-shooting point guard. And we've seen teams shut this team down. And with the amount of shooters we, that the Sixers have now, with the guys that have stepped up and shot the ball pretty well from three, uh, I mean, now it's going to be more punishing to play that, you know, let the guy just stand in the paint and wait for Ben Simmons to drive. But at the same time, I would like to see Ben Simmons score the ball more, like not efficiently, but at a higher volume due to the fact that all of a sudden, if Embiid goes like has a game where he scores 22 points and like nine rebounds and Tobias has 20 points, then you're really relying on guys like Shake Milton and Seth Curry to score you 15 points each. If Ben Simmons can't deliver on what he's been, if he only puts up an 11 spot, I mean, then you're relying on guys like Milton, Green, uh, Seth Curry, and your bench to uh, pick up the slack. And I don't think that's a winning recipe at all. So I am kind of concerned about Ben Simmons in terms of his volume of scoring. Okay. So then I, I know my two then. Because I feel like I feel like there's a chance that Simmons still makes it just because of kind of his all-around but I, you know, also because like not all the coaches have played against him, and his numbers do actually look all right on paper. Like thirteen, eight, and eight is actually like good numbers, you know. But uh, Bam's averaging twenty and nine boards and five assists. 
His field goal percentage is up. He's shooting slightly more, but not really from deep. Uh, he's shooting 85% from the free throw. I think that he's actually kind of a lock from those numbers. It's kind of off the charts what he's doing. So Bam for sure. And then my last one, I, I want to say Zach Levine because he's getting enough clout for it, you know? So I'm going to go Bam and Zach Levine. Okay. How about you, Mark? Where you where are you at? Where's your head at? I, I go with Zach Levine as a lock. Um, and the only if he doesn't make it, it'll be very similar to Bradley Beal last year. Um, it's not a flashy team by any means, but you're averaging twenty damn near twenty eight points a game, and he's doing it in a highly recognizable way and in a large market in Chicago. I think he deserves the credit. And I, honestly, this is a huge a, a very hot take, but for what I can envision the trade packages would look like for him and Beal. I think a team is much better off filling a void with Zach Levine and a smaller trade package than what Bradley Beal is going to ask. That's my personal opinion. But my second pick is Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle is playing out of his mind right now. And, you know, he's holding the Knicks afloat. The Knicks look... Yeah, I don't think they're a playoff team, but it, it, everyone has to admit the Knicks look better than they've looked and more promising than they've looked in years. Now the big question is, do the Knicks move on from him while the value is super high and you can get a lot of draft picks? But I think he's helping teach a lot of these young kids right now. I'm, I think Julian, I went to, uh, he deserves I went it. to the Heat-Knicks game on Tuesday, and uh, he went four for 18 <laughs> in that game. So, like, I love Randall, but, like, just that was my first experience watching him live. Yeah. And I was just like, this is bad. This guy, this guy's not doing good. That was one game. Bam was guarding him. So, you know, I I agree with that. I, I think that you got to give it to him. I mean, so my two are going to be unconventional. Well, one, I will go with Zach Levine because I think Zach Levine, just due to his playing style, due to the market, due to what he's been achieving this year, he's been their de facto number one for years. And I think with just his numbers speak for himself, I mean, he's oh, he's up there in terms of leading the uh, the whole NBA in po- in terms of points per score. He's like fifth in PPG game, so it, he deserves an All Star for sure. The second guy, though, and this is a little a seriously hot take. I'm going to go with Tobias Harris as my second guy. Wow, that's wrong, it's incorrect. But okay, keep going. I he, He's playing well on the number one seed in the East. He's averaging an efficient 20 points a game, eight rebounds a game, shooting 51, 44% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. I mean, he's almost having a 50-40-90 season. If you round up, he is. And the fact is, is that he's been the guy that's put the Sixers over the hump. And B has played at all-star level. But that we all knew that was coming eventually. We all knew that Embiid could play like he is right now. And he he is the front runner for MVP as of right now. That's fair to say. But everyone expected Ben Simmons to be the guy to supplement this team. And he has been. I mean, he's been the like he's the second most important player on the Sixers. I'm not saying he's not. But the guy that's truly supplements Embiid, that's given him that one-two scoring punch, that's been their best outside threat, that has been their most efficient score is Tobias Harris. I think that goes far to what this team has accomplished. I mean, they're 18 and 7. They have the second best record in the NBA. We've seen this every year that the, the number one seeds from like each conference usually get two all-star bids. And I think the Sixers are going to be a two-bid all-star team. 
And personally, I think that Tobias Harris deserves it. I think you, I don't necessarily agree that he should be an all-star, but you make a great point in the fact that they are far and away right now having the most impressive regular season or first half of the season out of the Eastern Conference teams. And in history tells you, you're going to get more than one all-star. But in my yeah, I was gonna say in thing. my opinion, it shifts to Nick's point that Ben Simmons actually has a ben case. Simmons. They might. Yeah. It's a bigger name. And I completely agree with you, Mike. You're a Sixers fan. You watch them night in and night out just like myself. Tobias Harris deserves more recognition. He's not going to get the recognition he deserves. I think Simmons is a household name. More people are going to watch Ben Simmons play in the All-Star game than Tobias Harris. It's ratings, man. comes down to ratings. It's just like, who who do the people want to see? And like as much as people shit on Ben Simmons, he is more popular than Tobias, unfortunately. I mean, it's just kind of how it goes. Okay, Western Conference. I have eight locks, okay? Okay. My locks right now are Jokic, Luka, LeBron, Damian, AD, PG, Kawhi, and Steph. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Anthony Davis is not a lock by any means. By Disagreed. any means. I don't I do not I do not think Anthony Davis is a lock. And I think Are you I, good? Are you okay, man? He's having a huh? I think he's having you a need down to talk to somebody. I think he's having a down year, honestly. He has oh, yeah, 20, 22 points a game, eight and nine rebounds a game with 53, 31, and 70. Two with, blocks. Come on, bro. I, I, is an all I don't. Th- I don't think. I it- understand. I, I, he's he is a he is a Robin to LeBron's Batman. He always has been, you know. But secretly, low key, like Anthony Davis, talent wise, is very close to him. Anthony Davis, people forget, is probably the third or fourth best big man in the game. He just took a back seat to the all-powerful LeBron James. He's absolutely a lock. His numbers complement the greatest player of all time, potentially. Uh, second greatest because Michael Jordan. But he is the best compliment that he could have had. I think he's he's clearly a lock. Um, I think that all of these guys are f- for sure locks. I mean, Jokic for sure. Luka for sure, even though I... Whatever. I have my opinions on Luca. LeBron, definitely. Damian, definitely. AD, absolutely. PG. Mitchell. PG, uh, see, M- Mitchell, I don't think he's a lock lock, but I he's on the best team in the in the West, so they're going to get at least one. They might get two. Um, Kawhi, Steph. Steph. D-Mitch is a lock. You would say D-Mitch is a lock? Yeah, I mean. But if you're – okay, so here here's the thing. Because the Jazz need two guys. For sure. I mean, they're 20 and five. There's a reason for that, you know? So do you think, who do you think has, is, would you consider Gobert a lock also? I wouldn't consider him a lock. I do, I do, if I was a betting man, which I would say he would make the team, but I wouldn't say he's a lock because I just don't think that he doesn't warrant that due to his like unsexy way of playing. I think that he'll get it though. And I'm not gonna like disagree and say, "Oh, that's awful that he got like, an All Star like nod." Because he, I mean, at the same time, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's on the he's on record wise the best team in the league. I think we're the the one thing we're forgetting too is like positionally how these guys are picked because that's what that's what I'm saying yeah, too. That's that's why Beal got got screwed last year is just positionally. There's pro- there was probably a big man, I can't remember the All-Stars from last season, but there was probably a big man that got the nod who was having a worse Bam. season. 
Yeah, but Bam. but they need to fill out the roster. A name that I, right. I, I don't know if I, I might have missed it if one of you guys brought him up, but what about Christian Wood? Christian Wood has a case for sure. Isn't he no, hurt, he though? Does, he 100% does, but he's been injured. And yeah, I don't know how yeah, I don't know how his will be by then. That's true. When's he expected to come back? Well, he's expected to come back within the next few weeks because he had a really nasty sprain on his ankle. And thank it God it was brutal. only a sprain. I don't think it was broken. Yeah, that was a brutal one. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was bad. It was bad. No, it was, it was hard he to watch. Free throws. And he's he a tried. tough guy. He fucking tried. He yeah, tried. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's week to week right now. So, you know, we don't really know. But... He is also worthy, but unfortunately, he's probably going to miss it this year just because of his because uh, of his injury. But I mean, twenty two and ten, and, just the f- and the fact that he's playing on a like decrepit Houston team. Who I mean, they're eleven and thirteen, and yeah, they're only a couple games out of a playoff spot right now. But overall, I just it, it, I just don't see it. Me personally. Okay, so we got those eight locks. Uh, I'm going to add Mitchell to it because I agree with you. Uh, we're going to put Mitchell there. I honestly believe that there's not a real significant chance that Gobert doesn't make it just because they're on they're they are such a good team. So here's here's what it looks like. Jokic, Luka, LeBron, Dame, ADPG, Kawhi, Steph, Mitchell, Gobert. That's 10. I got two more left. Uh Booker. Do you think so? Mm. Yes. Ah, uh, he's having a down year. Yeah. I wouldn't say down year. I would say that his role has just shifted a little bit because, I mean, he's still shooting not half bad from the field. Oh, no, it's he's, just a- I mean, he's still – the down year for him is still 24 game. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think shooting- I think Book's, Book's still still going to make it. I agree with you there. Um, I just think he's people just were down. expecting him to just blow up. No, yeah, but I just think that you have to reconsider that. I mean, adding Chris Paul and the emergence of Miles Br- of, um Michael Bridges, Michael Bridges having a pretty and, good year. And so that's eleven guys. Think about think about all the snubs that are going to happen in the Western what about, Conference. What, though, by the way, because what about Zion? Did did we put Zion in there? Possible. Yeah, I mean Zion's having a good year. He really, you is. could always make a case for Ingram. And yeah. but like here, think about all the names in the West that we're talking about right now. Because we have Zion, we have Ingram, we have uh, we have fucking De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, we have SGA. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people out there who who are going to absolutely get snubbed. I mean, Jamal, you can make a case for Jamal in a year. You can uh, always make a case. You can make a case for. Him. I'm saying you make a case for him. Okay. I don't, I'm. I've. I've. You've heard me talk shit about Jamal Murray. Like, no, but you can make a case. <laughs> Not, you, know, you know, you know what's crazy? Booker's shooting fifty percent from the field. Well, forty eight percent to be exact, but for, oh, damn near fifty percent from the field this year. He's been doing that for a few years, though. Dude, I mean, oh, he, I he know, shoots. That- he shoots well. He just needs to. He like he shoots a lot of threes, but he he needs to get his average just a little bit further up. Like if he can get to forty, it's going to be a big deal. If he gets to forty percent, it could be a big deal. And I feel like he can get there too. That's what's kind of frustrating with him. It's just like just get it up a little bit, get just a slightly more efficient from three, and he's going to be averaging upwards of you know he'll be back to where he was before. I think that this Chris Paul thing, I think he has kind of um, allowed Chris Chris to do more with the offense that gets it away from him. So no, yeah. it also has to be said that the lineup with Chris Paul. And and Devin Booker is like wildly under in the plus minus. Like they don't play well together. I still 
you guys really think that I mean I'm not saying he's not going to make the team because of the two R two All Star rule, but I I do not think that Anthony Davis should be considered a lock. I I really do not. The guy I get it I get it that the team got a lot better. There's a lot of mouths to feed right there, but he is having the lowest point total in his career by four points. Not to mention the lowest rebounding clip of his entire career. I just don't think, and you guys Wait, gave you guys gave me his plus. His, I mean, since his like twenty year year season, yeah, he's down from there. But you guys but, also gave me his plus minus. He's playing on arguably the best team that has been in the NBA since the Warriors. Obviously, his plus minus is going to be up. You know what I mean? I, I I just I don't know. I oh I don't I don't like plus minus. I don't think we I said that. I don't. That doesn't make a difference to me because you could just kind of be there. I don't know, man. It's just. He does he does everything that you ask from him and he's on the best like probably the best team in the league even though they don't have the best record they are probably still the best team because only like a half game out of that anyway. I mean I think your point is less about him making the All-Star game and more about him having a down year. Yes. Is that what you're saying? No. Okay. That's that's where we're we're misreading is like you if you want me to say like who is locked in as an All-Star, that's fair. That's fair. I'm trying to make the case that if we weren't so stuck on the fact that who the household names are and the fact that the Lakers are the best team in the NBA and they're going to get two all-stars, then yes, he he is a lock. I just wish it they, and they didn't look at it that way. And I still think the guy is a top five player in the league, but let's not forget the injury too. The injuries, he has definitely been been a, struggling a little with an injury all season long and i think that's oh, that's yeah. the reason he's the achilles yeah he's achilles. that's the reason yeah, the he's numbers been are absolutely down. hampered by that well they've sure. been they've also been playing they put him on a little bit of a minutes restriction because like the thing is with that you know what's the the best tell of a of a bigger injury is smaller prior injuries so if you get a compromised achilles you're better at a better higher risk of tearing it so they're they're trying to you know help them not not do and the that. last thing and what the lakers know is that listen we're going to be in the playoffs regardless let's just let take the back seat yeah, fuck it. we'll probably win us some games and then guess what we'll have them fully healthy and restocked by the time playoff time comes around by the latter half of the season and we'll be good to go and that's what they're you really just looking you at, sit honestly. ad you got montrez you know it's like it's obviously a drop-off but it's definitely not going to ruin me, the team. Let me ask you a question. Do you guys think that the Lakers, like, just putting this out there, the Lakers could get out of the West without Anthony Davis at playing at all? Oh. Uh, oh, man. That's it depends tough. on who they match with, honestly. If they run into a if they run into a rough match where somebody is able to lock LeBron down, because that's really what it is, right? If, you, if you're playing against the Lakers, LeBron gets locked – then AD still there, and it's really hard for a team to really, you know, mess with both of them. They can't really guard both. That's the issue, you know, and that's kind of what their dynamics been. That's what's been winning them games. So I don't think so. There, I think they need AD to get it, out. It's all hypotheticals, but from I would make this case, which is so say the the I would figure, and we can all agree that we think the Lakers would overtake the Jazz for the one seed if they didn't have AD. They're, and they're the one seed, I would say the Clippers would beat them in the Western Conference Finals. But if the Jazz took out the Clippers, I think they beat the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair thing. So that, that's what's nuts is the fact is you removed their best, second best player and one of the yeah. top 10 players in the league. And they still would get to the Western Conference Finals by all of our accounts. I mean, it, 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 how much of that is just LeBron, though? 
I mean, yeah. so, so much just LeBron. And it's just 36 it's, year old. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Year 18. So, yeah. those are your all star teams. Hopefully, yes. they don't fucking play the game, but maybe they will. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if Silver gets his act together. But so, I mean, like, here's here's the thing. Like, a lot of teams are kind of dropping the ball a little bit just because of all of the COVID uh, protocols and all the injuries that are happening because of how short the off season was. Like, it, this it's clear that this is a, this is a difficult year for a lot of teams, um, and it's also a bigger deal to get a top six seed this year as opposed to any other year as we talked about you know it's a bigger deal to get a top six so you don't play in that play-in tournament and if you're not a very good team then you have a higher opportunity a better opportunity to get into the playoffs because all you need to be is a 10 seed so that being said this allows us to talk a little bit about some some uh some panic mode teams you know some teams are it feels like we're at the beginning of the season but we're really not anymore we're in the dog days of the NBA season. And I think a couple of these teams, it might be time to uh, to press the panic button, but I'll leave that up to you guys. So we're going collar fold, panic mode. Number one, the Miami Heat. We just mentioned them. All right, they just got back to full strength. They got Jimmy back. They got Tyler back. Their whole team's back except for Avery Bradley, which was a relatively big loss, but that's not one of their stars. Uh, yeah, like I said, I watched them a couple days ago. Hero is the still the same cold-blooded motherfucker that he was. He hit a shot at the end of the game that was just like you know it's going in when he shoots it. He's one of those guys still. So they have that guy. They have Jimmy who's playing who played okay at that game, but he is still Jimmy Butler. He still was locking guys down. Nobody was particularly like great, but everybody was playing well. And they beat the Knicks, which honestly at the end of the day obviously isn't that big of a deal. They're 10 and 14 right now. Call or fold, Mike. Panic button on the Miami Heat right now. So I, this was one team I was going to sound alarms for, but then I thought about it more, and I'm going to hold. And I'm going to hold because this team is experienced. These team, This team is filled with a great blend of veterans and a great blend of young talent. Losing Jay Crowder from last year really hurts them, and I think that's really gone, like, kind of, like, no one's really talked about as much as it should have that losing Jay Crowder would be a big deal, but it has been for them. But overall, I just think that once they get back into full health, once they gel together, they'll be able to um, scrap out a playoff like a playoff seed. And the thing with being in the playoffs this year is that, that it like not saying that seeding doesn't matter because it does with terms of matchups, but overall, I mean, the home court advantage is kind of nullified because of the lack of fans. With that being said, I still think there is some home court advantage. I think there's still some truth to that, but especially in an NBA game where there's going to be no fans around there. I think that's a little less relevant than it has been in years past, obviously. So I would hold on the Heat because I think the Heat ultimately overtake the player, the teams in the like at the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff picture right now. Get in as a five or six seed, and then go from there and give someone a really rude first round um, matchup. That's for sure. I agree. It should be call or hold, shouldn't it? That's better. Yeah, call or call or hold instead of fold. Yeah, it seems pretty drastic to go call or fold. Anyway, you're saying you're holding on the Heat right now. Because they're on the uptick, it looks like. See, the issue for them is that you know they're they're not they weren't planning on being in the play, and they were planning on being like a four or five. So, but I agree with you. That's a, that's a, that's a good take, Mark. Next up, 
I'm going to move along so you can get the next one, okay? Absolutely. 12 and 14. They've won four out of five. They're in the Western Conference. Their star is only shooting 31% from the, from the three-point line. They have some of the worst offense in the entire league. They're getting better. They did get hit hard by COVID. Who am I talking about? The Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. Luka is shooting like shit from deep. They're 12 and 14. They're relatively healthy and they're getting there. Are you call or, are you calling or holding on the Dallas Mavericks on the panic button for them? Man, I don't know. This is a really tough one because of the fact that I hate the roster construction. And I, I said this when we did our um, overs and unders preseason. I could not stand the roster construction on this team. On the other hand, though, it all it all came back to Porzingis and Doncic, and when Porzingis got healthy, he's been playing. I just think this is a team that's gonna make the playoffs. So in that case, do I am I calling them? Yes, they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think there's a very good chance they finish in that seven eight seat. So I don't I I honestly don't really necessarily know where my stance is. I guess if I'm saying they make the playoffs or even the play-in game, that I'm calling them. Or sorry, no. I'm holding on them. My bad. I guess that would mean I'm holding, but I don't see them getting any higher than that. I just can't stand how thin this team is, how thin the roster is. I hated the Seth Curry trade. Look at Seth Curry's numbers this year. The guys have missed a goddamn free throw all year. They could use him more than just about anybody, and now they're going to be playing catch-up at the deadline trying to add somebody that can take his role that they lost. I... I guess it would be considered hold because I have them in the playoffs, but I don't see them being a top six seed. I think they're going to be a disappointment. So I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Every time I watch the Mavericks play, what's the most frustrating thing for me is the fact that Porzingis is like five inches taller than everybody on the court, and he just insists on just shooting threes. Like, I get it. You're a good three-point shooter, but he doesn't post play. He doesn't do do post shit like it's dude you're i get it like you're skinny like you might get bullied a little bit inside but at least figure out your mid-range man he's just he just spots up all game it, it doesn't make any sense and and you know that that they've been able to get these wins down because they got luca and kp and their guys are meshing pretty well um fine you know finally eventually they got all their team back and now we're seeing kind of what they're doing i've also never seen a big man who is as inefficient around the basket as Willie Cauley Stein. I've actually never seen somebody who is seven feet tall, who is as incapable of making like a contested layup as, as Willie Cauley Stein. I've never seen it before. Well, I mean, let's temper expectations on Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, that no, no, because he's a fucking freak athlete. He should be, if you get the ball in stride from Luka Doncic, who hits you in the best spot with his instincts, you should finish that that shot. I mean, is that oh, unfair? But I mean, that just comes with the territory. I mean, like we can't, we couldn't expect big baby Glenn Davis to go running and chasing down people on blocks and everything. And that's just who Willie Cauley Stein is: is a guy that's just an inefficient big man that just serves as a good backup big at best. And that's it. With face tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're having face tattoos like that, that just goes to show your goddamn intelligence. So, Listen, you know I wouldn't say it to his face. 
He's scary as fuck. Oh, I, 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 I mean, I would. I mean, I'd oh, get you, my ass. You would. You would say it to his face. You would say it to a seven-foot guy with face tattoos with a wingspan that could hit you from your fucking seat right now from where he is. <laughs> He's just sitting there I mean, smacking I, I'm not a guy to talk shit and fall back. I mean, I'll talk shit to whoever. I mean, well, granted, if you talk I, shit, you got, you, gotta, you gotta face him if you talk the shit. I'm just saying don't initiate the shit talking. <laughs> don't start it because, like, he'll kill you. Oh, no, That's his, I, would. I wouldn't want to see him in an alleyway. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. I mean, no. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> my 5'7", that's maybe 5'8", if I'm wearing, like, Air Maxes. If you can't I even run have... away, bro. You can't even run away. He'll hit no, you in three strides. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to see that guy at night. If I saw that guy at night in an alleyway, dude, I'm just handing my wallet and I'm like, you, you just go out. Yeah, I'm out. Listen. Listen, fella. Yeah, you, nice you, did, you did great. Good timing. <laughs> Yeah, go to another strip club, relieve some tension, use my debit card. Hey, you can you can you can hook up with my girlfriend if you want, man. Like give him a nice pound. I'm of going back. to bed. I'm just going to bed. I'm gonna sleep I'll, this I'll, off. I'll pull a cuck Anthony Towns and just tell him you can have my girlfriend. Oh man. I'm just going to bed, man. I'll see you in the morning. Just have her back by fucking nine or something. I don't know. I don't want to have to answer questions to her friends. Mark. Wait, who was last? Mark is last. I Mike. Was. Yes. Okay. Probably the hottest start in the league or one of them. They lost one of their main guys. Last five games, they've been one and four. They have seven players in double figures averaging. And uh, three out of four of those losses are to teams that are over 500. And, you know, so, so we're talking about three of them. Those three are Brooklyn, Utah, and Milwaukee. So those are good losses. Their only bad loss really is to New Orleans, which isn't that bad of a loss, but of course you still want to beat them if you're trying to be in contention. Who am I talking about? On oh, Indiana Pacers. Yeah, that's right. 12 and 13 right now. We were talking about them in the beginning of the season. They were one of the few undefeateds left at the end of the undefeated, you know, whatever. But they have fallen off a little bit. They're still obviously in the playoff contention because they're in the East. I think they're in fifth, literally with under 500. Yes, so they are. are you calling or holding on the Pacers pushing the panic button after losing Oladipo to be in the top five or to make or to or I would say the panic button here to not make the play in tournament and to make the playoffs outright? Uh well, if that's a panic button, then no, I'm not pushing it. I would push it though, because I think they really screwed up with that whole Kyra, um, James Harden trade. I think they should never have been a part of it. I think that while like the like the bright side was they kind of did potentially save Karis LeVert's life because he had to get that physical For and real. they found he had cancer in his kidney, which was a bit which is awful. I hope he gets better as soon as possible. But I just think they were so meshing so well. And like you know the old saying don't fix something if it ain't broke. If, or if any broke, don't fix it. Excuse me. And they just they met they meddled with something that was working really well, and that it's frustrating because I think they could have been a team that could have won a playoff series, could have even won two playoff series if they drew the right teams, and they could have like made a kind of a deep run. But instead, they're going to be a first round playoff exit. So yeah, I would sound the panic button if we're talking about a team that is going to underachieve their expectations in terms of winning a playoff series. I think they're going to be a one and done type of team this year. I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I'm never high on the, on the Pacers. I thought this was going to be like a year where we could actually see them doing pretty well in the playoffs, 
But losing all the depot actually, I feel like affected them more than people might have actually recognized up front. But we're starting yeah. to see it in their in their record. It's starting to fall off, you know. So let me let me add in something, Nick, because I want to ask you a question since you've asked me more questions. So okay. I'm gonna so call or hold like call or hold on the panic button. The Boston Celtics here are measly twelve and eleven. What do you think? The Celtics have been less than impressive, but if we're, I'm not going to press the panic button on them just yet. Mainly because they have a, they have players on their team right now who are clearly capable of being stars outright and stars on a very good team. You know, Jalen Brown is a lock for the All Star. So is Jason Tatum. They have two locks. You know. Yeah. And I think that they're they have a, a coach who is good at molding young talent. I think Brad Stevens is second only to Greg Popovich in finding random motherfuckers and making them good at basketball. I can get I behind mean, that. Because it's like Marcus Smart. I liked Marcus Smart. I didn't think he was going to be this consistent of a contributor on a team. Peyton Pritchard, he's only averaging seven and a half a game. That's good enough for me for where he got drafted. I didn't think he was that good. He's doing very well. I mean, the problem with the Celtics is like every year – the regular season never tells their story. It never tells their story because they go to the they go to the playoffs and it's just they run into somebody who just outplays them, you know. And then their their age gets exposed and the fact that they have players who haven't who are like twenty one and twenty two and that's their stars like that gets exposed. Watching them against the Heat was really an eye opener for me last year because their flaws were really on display, especially their big man issues. You know, they haven't had one in a while right now. They got Tristan and it's like, that's good enough, I guess for now, but let's see what happens with that in the playoffs. If you have your biggest guy, like six, eight and like not really that consistent of a, of a score and everything like that. So I'm, but I'm still holding on that for now. Panic button wise. I think they're probably going to end up as a three or a four seed. So I, I think they'll be okay. I, I can agree with that. I would just be very wary of them because I think as of right now with the team they have, they, I don't think they beat the Sixers or the Nets in a playoff series with just how everything's going. And their ultimate goal isn't just like finish well in the playoffs and have like a 25th pick. Their goal is to get to the NBA finals. And they're right now nowhere near that goal. I think what they have to do personally is look for external help in a great way. And I know Danny H never pulls the trigger, but let me tell you, imagine imagine the Celtics getting a Nikola Vucevic on their team. What happened? Why? I just don't think the Celtics are. They're not. I mean. Are they ever really that aggressive in the trade market? If they no. pushes for players, and I think that would be a great consolation prize. It would make all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world for Vucci to go there. It would make all the sense for Vucci to go yeah. there. But it's like, what are the Magic going to ask for? They're going to ask for picks. You know, they might they might ask for Kemba, which I honestly think they would consider giving to him. But then who plays? Their, who's going to start at point guard? I mean, there's they would probably ask for like uh, a bench point guard and Vucci. You know, so I mean, they, it could it could work. That team has not. I, I I like. I don't know if they'll get a Vooch. I don't think they'll get somebody to that extent. They need to add a big man. And I'll tell you right now, as much of a disappointment as he was, that team, that Boston Celtics core, has not been the same since they lost Al Horford. He was such a big part of that team. Al Horford 
was a very good player with them. I think he would honestly still be. He just is not hasn't been in the right role like he was in Boston since he left. And they they really underestimated how much he meant to that team and having a strong big man. And that's why I, I even believe last year that the Sixers would have had a case against... The Sixers were awful last year. I still think they might have had a case against the Celtics in a seven-game series because there's no way the Celtics can stop Joel Embiid with the roster they currently have. No, and that's what I'm saying. And personally, like, I, Al Horford's actually have not a half-bad season. He's been a great fantasy player. I've used him in fantasy basketball. Been pretty solid big old out. So, God, appreciate him there. But I think Vucevic is a tangible guy. I mean, the Magic are 9-16. and 16. They're a team that has been stuck in purgatory. They might, at this point, just want to look at the other options. Like, we got to not fully rebuild. We got to retool. And we got to get younger. And I think the Celtics could offer a potential to package for that. I think they can offer them some of their future assets they have. I think they can offer them a guy like Pritchard. And I think that their team would be a hell of a lot better. And that would be a team that could easily rival the Celtics and Nets in the playoffs. And our, honestly, I would if they got Vucevic, I would put them right neck to neck with the Nets in terms of just talent on their team. Oh, I mean, clearly, if they get a if they get a guy like that, I mean, Vooch put up like forty five like two weeks ago. You know, he's he's capable of doing a lot, especially now that he shoots threes at a pretty consistent rate. That I mean, that would do everything. And Vooch, I mean, I don't know what it is about Orlando Stars. They tend to like to just stay there. I don't know if they like the weather or the fact that there's no sales state sales tax or or state income tax or uh, ticket sales. <laughs> Or ticket sales, they don't have to deal with people booing them at home. I don't know. It's it, he he is just really into staying because he he has suitors coming to him every year, and he just sticks with the magic, you know. But we'll see. I mean, he deserves he deserves to be com- competitive. The problem with them also is that they're usually kind of sort of competitive. <laughs> they're usually like six to eight seeds, so that that makes a difference that, as well. That's what I'm saying. Like if if the you know, the wet, the wheels fall off and the bottom comes out from under them and say they lose like four of their, like five of their next seven or like something like, you know, they go like two and six or like three and seven over a 10 game stretch. Then you have to really consider it because at that point, are you talking about the Celtics or the magic gunning for like a first, like a lottery, a top five, top seven pick. And especially in a top heavy class. And the fact is, that Vucevic would help them attain that if they were to trade for him and get like more assets in return for him too. That's fair. Yeah, I mean that would be a definitely a good trade. They would just have to. I mean, Danny Danny knows what he's doing. Can never take anything away from him. He's made a lot of good moves up to this point. So, you know, we'll see if he's able to do another one. Mark, hey, how you doing? Good. This last team is fifteen and twelve. They can't fucking stop anybody. They play some of the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. They currently don't have a big man, but they probably will at some point. And they also have the best offense probably of all time <laughs> in terms of offensive rating. Literally, the clip they're going at is the highest of all time. Um, 15 and 12 is not bad. But I think when it comes to the Nets, the expectation with a team like this is not just getting to the playoffs or getting into the second round. I think the expectation with a team like the Nets is to make it to the finals. That's why they have the team that they have right now. 
So let's assume that the Nets get some sort of big man. They just signed Noah Vonley, so that's something. You know, let's say they get a guy who can give you like five or six and just play defense down low. If that even happens, because I mean, as it stands right now, I don't see them. They would get decimated by the Lakers, in my opinion, like without a question in my in my mind. I think just LeBron would do any everything he wants to them. Call or hold, Nets make it to the finals. No, I, I'm 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 folding on that. I I do not think they make the finals. Now, this is it's exactly what you said. You're saying assuming they get a big man, and the reason I my take is no, is because of Jared Allen. They they are missing him so badly right now that it seems irreplaceable. Their defense is god awful. Um, and I, I the other issue though is is I mean Kevin Durant with the COVID situation. I he's gonna at some point he's gonna once he's back playing full time that's a wrap. And I think they go out at the deadline and get somebody like an Andre Drummond. And I think that 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 could be the difference. If if you add, I just don't think you can trust the Andre Jordan in the playoffs to be your one big man. And I, I honestly, without being biased as a Sixers fan, I think the Sixers give him a run right now. I really think they do. I don't know how that team, as currently constructed, is going to be able to stop Joel Embiid, who you then have to focus so much on double teaming him. And the Sixers finally, for the first time in five years, have shooters that are going to be able to capitalize on that. You get a guy like Andre Drummond who can at least stick with Embiid and has had great battles with him in the past. If you guys remember two years back when they had their little feud. If you add him, that's somebody that can get in Embiid's head and at least knock a couple points and open the f- or close the floor Excuse me, a little bit on the Sixers, force Ben Simmons to get a little bit more involved in scoring, and then you know that's not going to happen, and then the Nets will will run them over in the playoffs. So I, I really think the difference between them as being in the Eastern Conference uh, finals as opposed to the actual finals comes down to that deadline move they make for a big man. It all I really think they should add a Drummond. I'll tell you something. I think that the Sixers beat them regardless. Really? I think they're a better team. I think they're better coached. And I think that they have the players to lock down. I mean, the problem with this is that if you the only, the way that the Nets win is really if like Kyrie has a game, you know, like Harden has his game, and then like KD has his game. Like if you have if Kyrie goes off, they win. You know, if Harden goes off, they win. If KD goes off, they win. So that's the problem there. But the issue with it is that. If any of those guys go off, they also have to stop the other team. And they just haven't been able to do it, you know. And I don't know if a big man can help, but I just don't know if that's going to be enough defensively to truly stop some of these other better, you know, constructed teams. Teams that, that have top to bottom, like good defend- defensive players, interior, exterior, and uh, and and similar types of offense. I mean, this team puts up 140 points and loses. I've never seen that before. That's absurd. You can't put up 140 points and lose, you know? Um, and if you expect to win a finals. So I think the Sixers beat them. It won't be, it's not going to be a blowout. It'll be like six or seven, but I think they would. So I would disagree. I don't think that, I mean, I wait, did you say they would make it? 
Did you say? No, I said no. You said they wouldn't make it. Yeah. So, I, so I ultimately the said they yeah. would not. We're the same. Okay. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? It's a really tough team to gauge right now. I do think they make the finals. Me personally, I think that eventually they'll figure out a great play. And also, I think they're going to be players at the trade deadline trying to get a couple guys for pretty cheap to fill out their um, depth. And not only to fill out their depth, but to help on the defensive side of the uh, basketball as well. So personally, I have faith in them making the finals. I just think their their talent is too much to over to overcome. And I think that that three-headed monster, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, match up with damn near – with not damn near, with everyone in the league and give teams logistical nightmares defensively. I mean, I don't know how the Sixers would hypothetically guard the Nets. I mean, yeah, you could stick Ben on either Kyrie or KD, but then the other two guys, I mean, Tobias is going to have to guard what? James Harden? And Seth Curry has to guard – or Danny Green's going to have to guard Kyrie Irving? Like, that's just that's just not good. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't have anyone to guard and beat. That's fine. But that circles back to my point of what I said earlier – is the fact that other than the Tobias and B like dynamic duo, they don't have consistent scoring behind those guys. They have good scoring behind them. Like you have Shake Milton go off for a night, then you have Seth Curry go off for a night, but not consistently. The Nets have this three headed monster that can easily put up eighty points every single night with the three of them put together. And then you guys got like Joe Harris who can add like eighteen to twenty a game. So like well not a game, but he can add like fourteen to twenty. Yeah, like, he can do that on any given night. Yeah, and that's the thing. So I personally think that they'll figure it out defensively. And this is a team at the same time who KD's a very good defender, and I think that Harden, as I've argued on the show, when he tries, he's a good defender. When he tries. And I think this team is just reserving itself for the playoffs for when they fully want to try it. And we'll see how truly good their defense is by then. And also we'll see it towards the end of the year when we see all these new moves and all these players that they're going to try to bring in mesh together. Okay. I'll give you that. Last thing before we wrap up here. One team that you think, despite their record being where it is, that you think is worse than their record states right now. So you guys pick one team out of all the teams that you think is worse than the record states. Doesn't mean that they're bad, just means that they're worse than the record. So I'll start with you, Mark. There's several teams that I bring up in this conversation. Um, but there's one I think that pops out at me more than any, and it's gonna be surprising. Um, the first team I'm gonna I'm just gonna mention them really quick. It might be one of your picks. Uh, the easy pick a lot of people would say I think is the Spurs, but I I wouldn't go that direction because to me the Spurs have a lot of really young talent that and the greatest coach in arguably NBA history that I think they very easily could finish as like a six seed. So I'm not going that direction. For me, it's a team that I'm not saying they're not good, but for a while there, the Clippers were hanging around with the Lakers and Jazz as being by far the best team in the Western Conference. I don't, I don't, I, I still 
go back to the same points I made preseason where I said it, that this team lost so goddamn much of their depth in the offseason, and I don't even think they make it to the Western Conference Finals. I really believe they will not make it there. Um, they've had some guys that have exceeded expectations so far, and I think will come down back down to earth a little bit. But when you look at their bench, it's just not... You don't have that guy anymore who is putting up monster numbers off the bench. Even Lou Williams has, has really has really not been the same Lou Will that we're, we're used to. I just... I do not think when it comes playoff time, the Lakers stole depth from them in Montrez Harrell and took away the greatest asset. That was the only advantage that people said, right, Lash? Last year, a lot of people thought the Clippers would beat the Lakers in the playoffs because they were so deep, because the Lakers were so thin. I think the roles reversed, and yet the Lakers still didn't even have to face them, but were the team that ultimately was better last season without having that advantage. The Clippers are going to fall off, in my opinion. I think they finish right about... They're the three seed right now, but still people would value them a lot higher than the Jazz, I think they finish three, maybe even four. They're the team that I think is very over overvalued right now by their record. Go look at their role players' numbers, and they're only going to continue continue to fall. I personally like the Clippers. I just don't like Tyron Lue. Um, <laughs> never really have. Yeah. So I, who, who does? You know, I, I, I've been disappointed in Kawhi for the past couple of seasons just with – not really his numbers, but just like I thought this guy was just going to carry teams like he did with the Raptors, but I guess it's just not the same kind of construction. Shows what, shows what you know, a guy like Nick Nurse was able to do with that team. So um, we'll see. Uh, the Clippers are going to clip. They've been doing it forever. So, you know, <laughs> they're never going to, they're not going to like win a championship. That's what sucks about them. It's just like <laughs> they're Clippers. <laughs> Even though they're good, they've been good for a while. It's still the Clippers. All right, Mike, team that's not as good as their record shows. So I've been actually like scouring through the record. I would go and say this is not like the most, you know, famous team or by any large like in the picture of winning a championship. But I go with the Charlotte Hornets. I think that while though like it's nice to see them as a seven seed right now, I see that completely switching over. I think they end as an 11 or 12 seed. I love LaMelo Ball. I've seen out of him so far. And Gordon Hayward's played a hell of a good game too. But I think they're one injury away to where they're going to be in some serious trouble. Like, God forbid if Hayward, Ball, or Rozier go down, or even PJ or PJ Washington goes down, like they're going to be hurting from that. And I think that their schedule gets kind of brutal towards this upcoming stretch. I mean, they play Denver, they play the Spurs, they play Golden State, they play Utah, they play Phoenix. They play a couple good – they play Portland, they play Sacramento. Like, they play some de- like some like, decent teams. And overall, I just think that they're, a young, they're an extremely young team. We've seen some young teams have some good success this year, but they're a very young team. There's a lot of volatility with them. So I'm going to go with the Hornets just because I don't think they're a playoff team. I'm not buying that at all. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. I think that LaMelo Ball is a topic for another week that we can go into and just keep you know tracking his progress and see what, see what happens with him. But I think that they have a very good shot at that play-in at least. I don't think they're going to be outside of the top 10. I th- but I think that they'll... 
You think they'll be outside of the top 10? I personally do, because here, here, let me read it out. So I think the Hawks overtake them, so they're bumped down to eight. I think the Heat overtake them, so they're down to nine. I think that the Cavs somewhat get together and overtake them. So now they're the Cavs at, are free falling. Huh? They're free falling. As the right now, free yeah, falling. but teams go through these stretches, and you got to look at the who they played recently. I mean, they played Denver, Phoenix, and Milwaukee twice, and the Clippers. They played a, a very okay. brutal stretch of teams Fair. the last couple games. So I, I'm willing to forgive them a little bit. And I think those two teams can overtake them into Heat and Hawks. So down there now, down to nine, like I said. I think the Cavs do overtake them in there at 10. And then all of a sudden, if we, I, I know we shut on the Magic and like the Bulls here, but if one of those teams can get healthy after the All-Star break and figure it out, I think they can easily overtake the Hornets because I I just think that overall they have more talent in place and a better infrastructure in place to have success for this year. Not saying that like a couple years down the line, I think the Hornets have a higher trajectory. But as of right now, I, I think the Bulls have just top to bottom more talent. And I think the Magic kind of have the same thing too once both these teams get healthy. So I personally could see... Those two, I could see one of those two teams taking over the, the, the 10 spot and the Hornets bowing out of the playoff picture entirely. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not they're not going anywhere, you know, after this year. So they're only going to get better. But I, I agree. You know, their most exciting player right now is a rookie who, whereas he's been famous for a while, he's still a rookie. And he's, he makes rookie mistakes and he does rookie things, but he's phenomenal. I mean, Lomelo's playing out of his mind. I think he's... Take, he's running away with this rookie of the year, except for Halliburton, who's the only one who could possibly catch him. I still think he's ahead of him, but it's a conversation that we can have. I think next week you guys want to go into rookie leaderboards? Want to do that next week? Absolutely. I like that idea. Cool. I was going to say the Knicks, even though I love them. I just like I, I think it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors with, with what they're, they're doing, a lot of it. And the reason why is mainly because they can't fucking score, and their defense is playing very well. But what I've seen by watching them, and I've been trying to watch almost every single one of their games, is their defensive three-point percentage is like the best in the league. But it's not really like – it doesn't feel like they're doing anything to do that. It just feels like the teams are missing. Because every time I watch their games, they're not closing out well. They're not like getting to the shooter or anything. It just seems like people are missing their shots. So, you know, we'll see if that turns around. If it changes, then that's going to change, and then we'll see them lose more games. So – 10 and 14 or 10 and 15 or whatever. Um, and just outside that top 10. So uh, hopefully they get a good lottery pick. That's what we're going for. But that now, now that's it for me. I got nothing else. I'll be writing some articles this week for you guys. Everyone out there listening. So you can fucking read for once. Okay. Mike, Mark, do you guys have anything to say to add anything? I'm good on this end, that's for damn sure. Thanks for listening, guys. I love you guys as fans and listeners. Let's hope that we just have a fantastic, aggressive NBA season without a hitch. Yeah, no, over here, over here, um, not too much, but I did just want to say, uh, I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that I'm going to be writing for, from the stadium, joining the two of you guys. So, um, I'm, I'm just happy to be joining this great audience that's been listening to the show and like nick said go out and read a goddamn article because um i i writing is my thing that's what i love to do 
um, and I'm, I, I really hope to bring some cool content to the site. So go check all three of us out on there, golf, basketball, baseball. I'm sure we'll all be doing a, a bunch of all of the above. So thank you guys for, for listening as always. You goddamn kids, go out and read a book, you know? Jesus, back in my day. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. If you're not ugly, stay beautiful. I'll see you guys next week. Take care.